Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Mann. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. Big show, spiritual homelessness. You may be saying, hey, hey, I'm I'm spiritual homeless. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself, JR. Don't, don't bust my being spiritually homeless thing. JR, I am standing on the corner of CD and Sacred with a sign that says, we'll meditate for peace and everybody can have themselves. So don't screw with it. I, JR, I'm having such a great time not being connected spiritually. JR, I'm enjoying my deconstruction just fine. Everybody are jerks, and I understand that, and I'm good. So again, maybe you are, uh, maybe you are enjoying your spiritual homelessness, but we're going to... Again, spiritual homelessness is like a premise, so I don't necessarily find anything wrong with it. Necessarily. But we're going to discover a few things here. Um, for those of you who are regular listeners, listeners, yes, we've been off since June. Yes, we took a massive hiatus. Yes, we'll try to <laughs> bring the podcast back regularly in some way. So I appreciate everybody's DMs and emails and prodding over the digital internets um, for uh, more episodes. Um, and for all one of you, <laughs> for all two of you, uh, thanks and it's good to be back. Um, but I do appreciate everybody's support and um, listening to the big show. If you're new, if you're new, I'm a spiritual director. My name is J.R. Mann. Uh, I'm good, 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 thanks for showing up. <laughs> it's fantastic that you're here. Uh, and uh, you can find everything you want. Uh, just Google the Google the J.R. Mann and everything will be happy there. Um, okay, so let's get into spiritual homelessness. So listen, there's a couple things I want to just set the table with, and a lot of you uh, who who, who kind of listen to my bullshit kind of get it. Um, I'm just going to go down a little avenue today, though, to encourage a couple things. I'm going to encourage a real knowing of you, God, God, you. You, God, God, you. I'm going to encourage this knowing because one of my big premises today is the more you get to know yourself, the more you get to know divine. The more you get to know divine, the more you get to know yourself. Um, there's an interchange there that's wonderful and electric and hopeful and loving that I think is necessary. The other one is the the ability to admit, confess, or talk about what the hell's going on inside of you, which for the record might and will save your life uh, in more ways than uh, than you know. And then the last thing, so there's three things here. I'm like, any good pastor in America. <laughs> this is how many people did we lose? <laughs> um, is wants, needs, and desires. Is really some clarification on wants, needs, and desires. And when I do wants, needs, and desires, big picture, I'm talking about there's two sides of that fence. There's a healthy side of wants, needs, and desires. There's an unhealthy of wants, needs, and desires, right? I would love uh, uh, to smoke dope uh, five days a week. That would be an unhealthy desire, want, or need. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying I would. I'm not saying me, personally. I'm just saying, yeah, because I don't. A long time ago, I discovered that dope makes me way too paranoid. Like, like paranoid to the point where, like, this is how paranoid I, I would get smoking dope some days. Like, I would be, like, ear pressed up against the wall or door thinking somebody was coming. <laughs> So dope didn't really work out for me that well. But that was a long time ago, so calm down, relax. It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't last weekend. Um, okay, so the other premise, so that's the three premises, right? 
there's there's the idea of really getting to know God, getting to know you, getting to know you, getting to know God, admittance, confession, and then that last piece, wants, needs, and desires. But here's the overarching umbrella that I want us to hold today, and that is we are not unaware of our bullshit. We are not unaware of the stuff that is going on inside of us. We're just not unaware of it. And, you know, so some people will say, well, is there, you know, what about denial? Because like, this denial. Denial is not, not, a, not that you don't know. It's a willingness to not know. It's a willingness to not act on what is already out there. Well, I've told him he needs to stop smoking dope, JR, but he won't. He's in denial. I don't know if he's in denial. I mean, the crack addicts and heroin addicts and meth heads that I know, and believe me, I know them, are pretty damn aware that they're addicted, particularly when they're climbing through somebody's window in the middle of the night, stealing jewelry, trying to get cash so they can get more meth. So, you know, like, I get it. I get it. We're not unaware gambling addicts same same thing they're 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 completely aware that they're hawking houses and hawking cars in order to make the next bet or digging out savings in order to go do this area thing for you who are addicted to amazon because i know probably one of you out there is addicted to nice little amazon purchase here and there you get it you don't need the toilet paper chrome metal holder thing you don't need it but i've got an extra 25 bucks and it's free delivery on prime so what the hell it makes me feel better, JR. Mind your damn business. So we're aware of what's satisfying our ego and our fear at the end of the day. And that's what we're talking about. So when my premise is when you are not unaware, what I'm talking about is the things and mechanisms, the protection mechanisms and systems and processes that you put in place to fire up the old ego and fear, either to make something more of yourself right? Or less of yourself or less of them or less of it. So there might be a few philosophers out there, even a shrink or two that might disagree, but this is a hill that I'll die on as a spiritual director. Like, and again, not that if you write in, I'm going to argue with you because I won't, you'd be wasting your time. Um, but we do know exactly what's going on at the end of the day. It's like, people don't call me. <laughs> like that's the other thing, man. It's like, I understand that when you, like, so it, it, when I called my spiritual director for the record, Cheryl, who I love and adore, God bless you, Cheryl. Thank you for saving my life. When I called her, I, I knew I, I knew things were effed up, man. That's all there was. I understood it. Part of my arrogance and contempt, though, had me being like a marionette to my protection mechanisms. My angers, my fears, my drinking, my ability to try to make people laugh because I wanted to run away from myself, yada, 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 yada. So we know exactly what's going on. Uh, we may not speak it, we may not live it, but we get it. We have a damn good idea of what we want, need, and desire. Remember, on both sides of those fence, healthy and unhealthy. Now, again, how do I arrive at my conclusion? It's the study and work of my own life coupled with my relationship with God. So the more you get to know God, the more you get to know yourself. The more you get to know yourself, Conversely, the more you'll get to know God. So I don't care what intersection you start on there. Like whether your whether your intersection whether your intersection is, I'm going to get to know Him, or whether I'm going to do a deep dive in self discovery. I don't care. It will wind up in the mojo sauce of spiritualness. It'll wind up in the gooey universal Netherlands of wonderful spiritualness. It will. I guarantee you. Whether you arrive through Eckhart, whether you arrive through Pastor Johnny, or whether you arriving at a, you know, through a satsang with Muji, who's Muji? Google that guy. 
whether you find it in a hot yoga room in Escondido. <laughs> By the way, there's no hot yoga in Ohio. I mean, there might be, might be one yoga person doing some hot yoga, but man, Southern California, y'all, y'all got the hot yoga steaming. So, you know, just if you're going to move to Ohio, I just want you to know that. So whether you, wherever you arrive at that, wherever intersection you crawl in, if you get to know self, you are going for the divine. If you go for the divine, yeah, man, you want to talk about deconstruction. Deconstruction is that, is that premise for Christians because there's a, a, a there's a reconciliation that happens because they've lost themselves. So think about what I'm saying. Like, you know, Christians will be like, oh, anything that's not Jesus, you're all going to hell, right? And then any, and then the opposite is like, oh, those Christians, they're so arrogant. But I mean, here's the premise. No matter where you start, you're gonna end up tapping into the divine. Deconstruction says, Christian deconstruction says, you've paid attention to dogma and theology and process and methodology more than you paid attention to yourself. So at some level, you may have learned all kinds of kismet and groupthink and tribalism uh, in Christianity, but forgotten or, or didn't have the chance to come home to you. And Jesus, or God, the universe, love, really does want you to come home. But when you come home, who are you coming home to? A little bit of both. Little you, little God. Okay, did we get that all straight? I can hear all you theologians like going crazy right now. JR, you can you can email me if you want. You can find it, but again, you'd be wasting time. Um, we have a damn good idea of what the wants, needs, and desires are, and you decided. So, I hid for years in booze, laughter, and anger. And, I, and most of you know that who listen to the podcast. Like, booze was my major crutch. Laughter was, like, second to booze. And then anger was always a good... Like, anger man was always my anchor man. <laughs> if I couldn't disappear from myself through the booze, and if I couldn't disappear in the crowd with my anger or my laughter, it was always anger man. I was always always ready to, to have a good rumble. And as a good Irishman, like, come on. Like, how can you blame me? Right? <laughs> Good cultural assumption there. Thank you, JR. Um, so I hid from that, and I ran at all occasions. And you know what? Present day, there's still the opportunity for me to run. So just because I'm a spiritual director and I hang my, you know, hang my shingle out, and I go, hey, come to me, and let's get together, and let's see if we can track divine together, and lock and load in our hearts, and lock and load in true self. I still f this thing up like you wouldn't believe. And if, and again, you call my wife, she'll tell you the truth. She'll always tell on me, and, I, and I'm glad she can and does. Um, here's the crazy thing. The anger, for the record, keeps you at bay, whether you know it or not, right? The laughter keeps you at bay, whether you know it or not. The booze kept you at bay, whether you knew it or not. And, and, and what's incredible is they all all these mechanisms, coupled with the ego and the fear, they just produce an arrogance. Now, an arrogance doesn't have to look like a muscle guy kicking sand in a nerd's face on the beach, Right. Or even somebody, you know, some intellectual genius like, you know, you know, I know everything and you do like arrogance isn't just the populace of thinking you're better than somebody. Right. There can be a real silent arrogance with people when it comes down to our wants, needs and desires. When it comes down to spiritual homelessness and, and it's just simply the emotional unavailability because we don't deem anybody proper or safe 
to give ourselves to. Like, I hear these sentences all the time. I'm not going to tell them how I feel because I don't want to burden them. For the record, that's arrogance. That's not you, con- that's not you consume as somebody else's shit. That's you being arrogant. That's what that is. I mean, let's get real, y'all. You know, I hear this, I hear this all the time. I don't want to tell them because I don't want to burden them. Arrogance. Point blank. Point blank. You don't want to burden people. Our baseline is to receive and give love. That's it. So if you have a hard time sharing, it ain't because it ain't because you're shy. Or it ain't because, well, they've got too many problems and I don't want to give them more problems. That's not it. Again, we are living to give and receive love among one another. So arrogance arrogance looks a lot like how we've fashioned it to look. So just consider that for a minute. And as I just gave you that example, I'm sure you're doing it in your brain with somebody else. So great. I'm glad you did that. Okay. Um, so contempt kept me right and the arrogance kept me unable to connect. Arrogance keeps you unable to connect. Your contempt for people, your contempt for not giving up what your mechanisms are leads into that and keeps you emotionally unavailable. That's an easy one, right? Booze keeps me unavailable. Booze kept me un- emotionally unavailable. These are easy things, right? Your proclivity to bullshit people about how you're doing keeps you away from people. You want to be safe. You want to be secure. You want to be involved. You want to be belonged to. You want to belong. You know, all these things are real about us because, our again, our drumbeat, our heartbeat, is we really want to give and receive love. Divine love. Community love. Love for ourselves in the mirror. What? You want me to love myself? Are you a new ageist? No. I'm just a guy in a tiny house. That's all I am. Literally, just a guy in a tiny house. Um, uh, for the record, I've known these things for a long time. For the record, since I was a teenager, I kind of got this stuff. I kind of, I kind of got it. But I, again, it's not. I'm not. A, I'm not smart. I didn't. When I was a teenager, I was like, I'm not going to drink or lie. <laughs> That's not it. I just, I just knew there was a there was a breach consciously somewhere in my teenage years where I really started to understand. You know, particularly my fear when it came down to whether or not you like me. See if you relate to this. <laughs> See if you can understand this one. I was a teenager. I was deathly afraid that I wouldn't be accepted. As a teenager, I was deathly afraid that you wouldn't want me. I, as a teenager, I was deathly afraid of, of being on the outs of a, of a, of a group. Right. And I'm going to tell you, you want to know what happened to me? The minute I sensed that I wasn't part of the group, I went crazy I was, I got angry and contemptuous and, and, and then put booze into my, it was a perfect, a perfect cocktail, if you will, for my alcoholism. Because the minute I took a drink, shit, I felt like I belonged to everybody. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! I, I'm a, I'm not only am I white, but I'm black and I'm Christian and I'm also a Jew. <laughs> I, everybody belongs to me and I belong to everybody. That's what booze did to me, man. So all those mechanisms I know and I knew. My wants, needs, and desires were very clear back then. But I also, I didn't have the tools, the maturity, or the teaching, right? The mentorship to really, to really help me out of that until I was uh, in my mid-20s. Thank God for God for the record. Yada, yada, yada. 
these mechanisms are safety and security. And they leave people, all these mechanisms, they, they leave you broken and emotionally unavailable. That's all. And when I say broken, I'm not operating under the premise that I think you're already broken. And again, you know, Christian ideology, Christian garbage, man, has really done bad word, bad things to that word broken. Because so many of us assume we just start off broken. Like we come out of the womb all crashed up, broken, running from God with our fingers up in the air, telling him to F off, hiding underneath a leaf, making sure that he can't see us. This is not, this is not a thing. Okay. God loves you like you wouldn't believe, always has, always will, formed in the womb, spit it out like there you are, loves you, loves you, loves you, period, end of story. You're not going to hell. You're okay. Calm down. You know, for those of us who are looking in the mirror constantly like we're broken, I'm broken, I'm broken. You want to talk about a form of arrogance? That's one right there. Like, to think that somehow we're going to do something to disrupt the flow of God's love is absolutely not only arrogant, but it's insane. So, again, and I know, and I know, I know, I know, I know, I'm a little aggressive today. I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. Um, these are mechanisms for security and safety. They need people broke. Okay. Uh, here's where we talk about ad- 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 admission at this point. Without the admission in my life, up until the time that I took some big conscious breaths to really start moving my heart into love, giving and receiving, I had to have the admission. Remember earlier I talked about that phase. This is kind of phase two is the ability to talk, the ability to confess, the ability to admit, the ability to tell on self. This, is a, this has to be a known quantity in your life. You have to be able to give this idea to people, just like this podcast. It's just like this podcast. Like for a while, I didn't want you to know that I had problems with anger or I had problems with uh, making you laugh or I had problems with booze, particularly booze, even though everybody everybody knew, (laughs) right? No, that wasn't me being in denial. It was just like, I really didn't think you knew. (laughs) I think I was doing a damn good job of hiding it, even though I was standing in the middle of a fountain at two o'clock in the morning with cops on one side to the other going, hey, can you please get out? You d- you don't, do you think I have a drinking problem? Oh, you're crazy. As I was dripping wet and getting out of a fountain in Indianapolis. You know, you were there. I know you were there. So, you know, there has to be some admission here. There has to be some admission. There has to be the ability for you to really slide alongside yourself and then somebody intimately connected with you. Right? A spouse, a best friend, a spiritual director, God forbid, a therapist, a counselor, a sponsor, a best friend, a mentor, a pastor, an imam, a rabbi, a mystic, a mystic, right? A Buddhist priest, somebody that you're intimately connected with, somebody that you can collapse with, somebody that you feel safe with, somebody that you belong to, somebody that you, again, this arrogance thing, somebody that you don't give a shit about how they think back to you. Now, again, that's a, that's a scary premise because you're going to have to, you know, it, it may be a stranger, frankly. Like when I met my spiritual director, Frank, and she saved my life, like she was a stranger to me, but there was just something there, man. There was some mojo sauce between the two of us that I knew I could let things go. Had to happen. Has to happen with you. Think about the scenarios, please. We have to have the ability to talk about the knowing. To talk about what we do know about ourselves. It's kind of a come to Jesus, right? (laughs) The novel concept 
of coming to Jesus is at physically coming to Jesus, right? You have a you have a real frank conversation. This is where this expression comes from. The come to Jesus conversation really is evolving into the truth of who you are. Period. End of story. I don't have to go to scripture. What? I don't have to cherry pick a piece of scripture for you to understand there has to be a knowing of self going on here at some level, right? And if you will, you do it, again, with an intimate friend, a professional, or perhaps even the divine. We must put down our swords, right? What are your swords? What are your swords? Like, what's the metaphor here? Addictions, the ego, the fear, all the bullshit trappings of arrogance and shame and guilt, that trickle off of your consciousness. You have to be willing to put them down with somebody and approach open ground, ending the fight, ending the spiritual homelessness, if you will, and joining in a unitive consciousness that says we all belong. I belong to you, you belong to me because the things that I'm talking about with you right now resonate they, they, they resonate. Like, I'm hearing my voice, too, and they resonate with me. And again, that's not me being smart. That's just me with a little time in the mirror, right? And some damn good counsel, some damn good intimate people in relationship in my life. Really, some damn good people willing to get in there and noodle what's going on. I'll just do it again. We must put down our swords. And the swords, again, are those metaphorical things that we plant our safety and security mechanisms on, things that we know, want, need, and desire on either side of the fence. We need to put those things down. We need to put them down. Approach open ground, ending the fight. Open ground looks like you deciding to let go. Get sober. Stop buying. Stop lying. Right? Maybe it's, maybe it's walk away from the tribe you're in. Maybe it's literally walk away from the church or the, the or the the, the the spiritual people that you. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's walking away from a relationship. Maybe you're being beaten down in a relationship that it needs to go. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe it's mom to daughter. Maybe it's dad to son. I don't know. But you got to be willing to walk. You got to be willing to let go of some of this shit. You have to be. Right? So it's just not just anchored in addiction. It's also anchored in the idea that you may be having your ass kicked by somebody else. Person, place, or thing. Those are the big things I want you to think about. What person, what place, what thing owns you right now and that you need to let go of? That's the open ground I'm looking for. That's the open ground I'm looking for. For me, man, my open ground was work with a spiritual direction. Direction. <laughs> work with a spiritual director. The minute I entered into that relationship was the minute that I, I honestly, I just... It, the tonality was safety. The tonality was love. The tonality was the ability to hold my shit, right? And have grace and mercy while we listened to the wonderful voice of God together, together. And of course, my spiritual director had not only the knowledge and the experience, but also the fortitude to help lead me in that truth and the truths of who I am reconciling who I am and there's good and bad in there. Really, JR? There's bad in you? <laughs> JR, I mean, there's parts of you that can be a dick? <laughs> no! <laughs> My work with the spiritual director. That's all there is to it. She gave me the ability to have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. And now I've been doing it with a long time, almost 10 years with my spiritual director. 
And before that, I had years in the bank under spiritual mentorship. So, you know, again, I may just have a little bit more time in the mirror. Again, nothing I'm saying is revolutionary. Nothing I'm saying right now ain't in a book. It's in a book somewhere that goes back to a billion years, right? It's in wisdom traditions all over the world, Hindu, Christian, Muslim, Jew. It's it's all over the place. It's dripping with the tonality of what I'm talking about, which is the ability to give and receive love. The minute I let go into the knowing of self, the minute I let go into the knowing of self, I entered a kingdom filled with hope and love. So this would be Jesus's premise of the kingdoms here and now. Weird. (laughs) The minute I let go into the knowing of who I am, I entered into a kingdom filled with hope and love. And that really truly is my hope for you. I now live sober and I work like hell. And when I say sober, I did air quotes there because it's not just physical, it's not just the, the sobriety from booze, but it's the sobriety from anger. It's the sobriety from fear. It's the sobriety from ego. It's the sobriety from you know self-sabotage, insane faith premises. It's the sobriety of you know not allowing a nationalism or a tribalism or injustice to just simply be the role of my life. So I now live sober and I work like hell to understand all of those mechanisms that I'm aware of. And of course I seek forgiveness. Here's a piece. I should have included this in my top three. Make this four. (laughs) Scratch out all that. Add, Add forgiveness. And of course seek forgiveness often. This is the work of being aware. This is the work of being conscious. This is the work of salvation. This is the work of enlightenment. This is the work of understanding. Wants, needs, and desires. What do you want? What do you need? What do you desire? What are the healthy and unhealthy answers there? You are not unaware. I am asking for a reconciliation of who you are, what you're doing, present day. I am asking you the deeper questions so they chime your heart, so they ring in your intellect, so they spark out of your body, so you are able to challenge self just long enough to grab somebody and have the freedom to hit the open ground of grace and love both give and receive. I appreciate your time with me today. Thank you for being along on my passion. Uh, if you need me, you can Google it uh, and you can find me. Um, I love you and I thank you for this time. And when I say I love you, I mean that. Even that one guy that listens that I can't stand, I love you too. <laughs> if you need me, I'm right here, good people. I'll talk to you soon.